Welcome to Tunnel Talk Radio on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln with your host, Colton Stone. I think Mark Stoops has probably realized that when you play defense, you need 11 guys out on the field. And Stephen Huff. Baton Rouge through and through. I mean, this guy is gumbo running through his veins. Welcome to it. Tunnel Talk Radio on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. It is a Friday show. I'm your host, Colton Stone, alongside... My good friend and good co-host, Stephen Huff. Um, all of the people I host with apparently are Cubs fans, so um, you just kind of roll with the punches with that. But Stephen, how are you on this fine uh, summer-feeling uh, September day? I'm, I'm great. You said summer-feeling. I wore pants today. I had morning classes. A walk over here was a little grueling. It was, it was pretty warm out, but it's a, it's a beautiful day. Um, I'm feeling good. I was looking at some football scores from this week. A lot of games got moved up, obviously. FCS, Davidson Wildcats, the Steph Curry's alma mater, mm-hmm. won ninety-one to sixty-one over D three Guilford Quakers. Yeah, was not a good look for the uh, for the Quakers this week. I guess I don't know what the rest of their years looked like. They they put up they're zero and one. Well, they're That's actually what it says, they're but, actually yeah. one and one. Their their other game of the year, they also scored sixty-one points. Oh so gosh. must be a trend for Guilford. The thing that people are, are going to take away from that is this is a Division One program playing a Division Three program and their third Division Three program in a row. But as I was telling you before we got on, they're part of the Pioneer League, which back in 1992 didn't didn't have Division One football. Right. No scholarships. Right. They were all playing Division Three football. Well, the NCAA said you can't play Division One basketball and Division Three football. Uh, and so they 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 got together. I like I said, I believe it's San Diego Drake. Uh, Davidson, Butler, um, and then there's one or two other ones that are that are involved in that. And they they decided, okay, well, we'll go to FCS and we'll form a league, but we're still not going to have scholarships. So these players know they aren't on scholarship. And, I mean, I, you're a Division three program playing Division one football. So, yeah, you're going to probably play three Guilfords right in a row. I would. I mean... <laughs> They still... When you're putting up 91 points, why not? <laughs> and, the, I mean, they broke, I mean, other than the fact it was 91 to 61, they broke a lot of records. Well, look at this. Davidson, the 91-point scoring team, eight passes. They only mm-hmm. threw eight, completed They're... all eight for three touchdowns. Yep, like 279 yards on eight, eight pass attempts. They're a triple option offense. So the triple option can work in college football, at least against Guilford. Um, they set records. 964 total yards, NCAA record in a game. Rushing yards, 685. Yeah, they had a guy run for 186, 168, another 191, 85, and 80. And then there were some more, but those were the standouts. And then eight of their touch, eight of their 13 touchdowns <laughs> went for at least 50 yards. Another one went for 40. They set program records for 57 points and a half and 524 and a half and led – but led by 31 at, at halftime, um, 15 and a half points per game or point uh, yards per play. Sorry, senior Corey Capola. This is the one that really jumped out to you. He blocked three kicks. Yeah. One guy blocked three kicks. How do you know? <laughs> after the first one, okay, like maybe the guy's amazing. Gets a second one somehow. After two, you got to be double teaming this kid. Yeah, triple team. You might as well block if right. he's the only one blocking the kicks. You just block him, you know. Um, and on top of that, Guilford added in almost 700 yards. They had 698, and the two teams combined for 1,600 
and 62 yards. You know, just your normal uh, college football game. Yeah, normal Thursday night game. Another day in the office. <laughs> it is for Guilford. They're used to scoring 61, apparently. <laughs> Davidson, not so much. First time since 2011 that they've won three games. So <laughs> That's incredible. They're 3-0. They're 3-0. It's the first time since 2011. 2011, they finished with four wins. It's their best start since 2000. Wow. But like we said, they went from D3 to D1 right. in a year. And so pretty pretty vast jump. And if you think uh, about it, similar success to the Browns. So <laughs> it's, it's not all too bad. Yeah, I mean, right now they probably have a better shot at the playoffs than the Browns <laughs> do. But, you know, that's besides the point. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of – little bit of uh, Watch out for Davidson. I don't know. I don't know about that. They might start 3-0 and and just go downhill from there, but I guess fingers crossed for them. Good luck to them. You know, at least they didn't start their season with a tie. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. Um, tomorrow, 11 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> you know how much I am a, a fan of saying it's a factor, but I hate 11 a.m. kickoffs. Um, I think a lot of people would join me in saying that, I don't mind. too. I really don't. You know which ones I don't like is 2.30. 2.30. I don't, I don't mind any of the kickoff times. No, 2.30 is the worst, and I'm going to tell you why. 2.30 is the worst because if it's like a September game, you don't know if it's going to be cloudy and 60, or if the sun's going to be on, it's 95 degrees, and it's the heat of the day. is right in the middle yeah. of kickoff. Now, last week was pretty nice. The weather was fine, but it was also coming off of like eight straight days of rain, so it's a little different. But 11 a.m. kicks... You know, you usually get cooler and then yeah. heats up as it goes on. Right, it gets a little warm at the end, but you know, you you get the game out of the way and you have the rest of your day to go on. Night games, you have the whole day till the game. Playing it's under two, the lights is cool. Right, and two thirty is just kind of that weird time where it's like, do I? I don't mind. How that. hard do I pregame before I go to the game? <laughs> you know, um, but it's one of those like, what do you do before two thirty? Do you wake up early? Do you do you, do you like? You know what I mean? It's just it's oh, it it's that wild card. Great opportunity. You can do whatever you want Friday night, Saturday. You don't have to be up early. That's the nice point. You got some flexibility in your day. You can do stuff before. You can do stuff after. That's yeah. That's why I like two thirty. I just don't like the weather. Yeah, when it's hot, it sucks. Yeah, well, but that's whatever. just any day. Anyways, you're an Arizona State <clears throat> fan. You gotta like the heat. 100 degrees at 7 p.m. Yeah, I guess I could just have to be used to it, right? Um, oh, wow. The Pioneer League is now more than six. Well, yeah, they got, I saw like Dayton. The Flyers were now. in there. Yep. Stetson. Stetson. The Hatters. Valparaiso. Valparaiso, was it? Val- Valparaiso. Yeah. Jacksonville. Moorhead State. Marist. Yeah. And then we hit all the other ones. So, there you go. Anyways, 11 a.m. kickoff. Troy. The Trojans visit mm-hmm. the Huskers of Nebraska. And what could be, I think, a closer game than a lot of people are expecting? Yeah, I feel it like people be. aren't going to give credit to Troy. Um, I mean, you wrote about him, so you know more than I do. Yeah. But. Surprise, surprise there, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, no, I mean, I think it'll be a good game. I think a lot of fans in Nebraska expected the Scott Frost era to, it seemed almost like a dream and like nothing could go wrong and they expected a win over Colorado. I think a lot of fans underestimated Colorado. And I don't Myself think included. I don't think Troy's as good as Colorado, but I think they're <laughs> a lot better than people give them credit for. And I think it's actually going to be a, a closer game than people think, especially if Martinez is out for Nebraska. Yeah, and like I tweeted out with your story, it's 
uh, Troy last year. Start they, off similar. Yeah, they didn't get you know housed by Boise State as much last year, but they they lose to Boise State and then they rattle off four wins right in a row. They take one more loss and then they finish the season eleven and two. Well, so and they, they beat a top twenty-five LSU team right, during the process during that that streak. So it's it's being set up in a very similar fashion, except for LSU. I think kind of what happened with that loss after LSU is they got to such a high level against LSU that it's like you're going to really be prepared to go play the next right. week as Troy. But you know they did finish eleven and two. So yeah, very similar start. They get beat by thirty six. At to home good, against Boise to State. To a good Boise team, yeah, though. not a bad team. I mean, this Boise team. Crazy home and home they set up with Boise State, right. personally. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Boise State. Boise State has a big matchup this week, and they could win it. Yeah. Like, And it's almost not even – Boise State's almost back to that level where you look at them and go, they could win 13 straight right. games. Like, they just will. Um, but, yeah, very similar start, like you said. Boise State lost – Beats Florida A&M. They win by 52. And now they come into Lincoln. They they are heavy underdogs, but... Yeah, what's the line on that? The line right now is 10.5. I, I think I wrote in our document 11, that it's 11. But, yeah, dropped. Um, but it's dropping a little bit. But that's a lot of it, I think, is due to the question of, is Martinez going to play? Right. Or is it going to be Bunch? And I don't... I mean, based on what we saw, could that be a 10-point swing? Maybe. I guess, but the backfield was rolling a lot too. I mean, they would they finish with three hundred and twenty nine yards rushing. So I think people are still pretty set in their way that Nebraska's probably gonna beat Troy. Yeah. But I like you said, I I give more credit to, to Troy than I think a lot of people are so far. Just just because they have been good in the past. Yeah, I love their coach, Neil Brown. Uh, came up with Kentucky and coached with uh, Mike Leach while he was coming up through the ranks, and now he's finally got a head coaching gig. Um, Troy struggled for years after 2010, and he's gone back-to-back 10-plus win seasons, back-to-back bowl victories. For the first time, they've won a bowl game since 2010. Mm-hmm. And this guy was really rumored to take some of the bigger jobs, even the SEC jobs that were open past offseason, stayed at Troy. Um, I expect another great season out of him, and he'll probably jump ship to a bigger program at the end of this year, I assume. But I think Neil Brown has slept on as a coach, and he is going to have a chance to shine once again in a big moment. Yeah, and I, you, you look at that LSU game, and I, I don't remember what the score was. It was pretty close, though, wasn't it? Was close, it? Yeah. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's not like they went out and. It's different if you go into Death Valley and beat LSU by 40. Yeah, they went and, in at LSU and beat them 24-21. Yeah, so it, it was, yeah, and good on them for being able to stick through that whole game and uh, and be able to, you know, come out with a win uh, with that. But uh, I'm just like, I'm trying to, with every game, whether it's Nebraska or anybody, I try to put myself in the mindset of what, what will it look like if Nebraska wins and what will it look like if they lose? And I think, you know, you hit their strengths and their and their weaknesses in your story, but the the thing that Nebraska obviously struggled with was A stopping LaVisca Chenault and B just having a sound secondary mm-hmm. in general. Everything else, their sacks, great. their pressures, they put a lot of pressure on Steven Montez. The run game wasn't great. 
It's just they were getting burned as at, yeah. at corner and safety, but that's what we expected to be the weakness. So it's not like we, you know, like I said, I put myself in that position. That's what it looked like. It was if Nebraska is going to lose, it's going to be because of Montez's arm. Yeah, and that's what it was. But then you look at Troy, and they match up very well. They're they're about identical to Colorado and what they do well. Um, a little bit more tempo. Um, receivers is what is one of their strengths on offense and they also have a very balanced offense we saw colorado a lot more pass heavy uh i expect more running attempts from troy um they try to be balanced last year they were a pretty balanced team this year it looks a little skewed but that's because one game they were getting blown out so they had to pass a lot to catch up or attempt to mm-hmm. and then one game they were destroying the florida a&m rattlers and so they ran the ball out so i i expect if everything goes as planned and it's a close game to be a balanced offense uh and probably pick on the same things that Colorado tried to do. Pick on Nebraska's secondary and uh, just try to wear this team down with tempo. Well, and the thing, too, you look offensively now is what did Colorado do really well? Well, they forced – I almost had a cough there. Uh, they forced Martinez to run a lot more than I think we expected. And I know I said that. I bet you of the 15 times he ran, six or seven were probably planned, for like 100% planned. I bet you three or four were like, if it's open, yeah. and I'm sure four, four to six of them were improvised. Improvised, yeah. yeah. And it's just because Colorado's front line was getting a lot of pressure on them, mm-hmm. um, which is a thing that Troy's going to have to do as well. If 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 they want to win this game, they'll have to not only put pressure on whoever's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Bunch or Martinez, and they said Bunch can run too, so. I mean, are they going to have the better ball? athlete? I think we, <clears throat> we have an idea, but they still yeah, think Yeah, is Bunch going to go out there and run 22 times? Probably not. <laughs> but if he did, is are they concerned with it? Probably not, I, I guess, if it's successful. It's I mean, different it's if the, you run it 22 times for 8 yards and 22 times for, you know, 319 or right. whatever, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, if they can put pressure on either quarterback to either make them – out, get out of the pocket, force throws, whatever it may be. And both of them have, have shown that they're they're pretty good out of the pocket and on the run, uh, throwing the ball. But if they're getting a lot of pressure in the backfield, I mean, this is this is a Nebraska offense that runs almost everything out of shotgun. If they're getting pressure in the backfield, you know, despite the offensive line looking better than they did last year, if they get if they get through the line, even if it's a heavy run game, a lot of things could be getting blown up in the backfield. Oh yeah. No, I completely agree. And this defense for Troy shouldn't be slept on. I understand that they don't play the same level of competition that a Power 5 school plays every week, but they did force four turnovers last week, struggled a little bit against Boise State, didn't really force turnovers, um, didn't really put on a good defensive display uh, against a very good program. Uh, but then you look at last year, a more consistent outlook. Uh, Troy was 12th in points allowed in defense and 16th in forced turnovers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand they're not playing great competition, but statistically, they're towards the top in the nation. When you look at the nice thing about ESPN's website is they show you a nice little, here's the last five games they played. And <clears throat> Nebraska's is a little skewed. The last five, they have lost their last five. Yeah, and as Troy is too, because they had to rip, turn over the roster a little bit. And right. So take some of these with a grain of salt. But, but you look at, you know, you look at Troy, they get a win over... They get a big win over Texas State uh, Black Friday weekend. They get a conference championship win over a really good Arkansas State team. Mm-hmm. Um, not convincingly, but it was close. They get a 20-point win in the bowl game over North Texas. 
They lose by 36 to Boise State, and they win by 52 against Florida A&M. And then you look at Nebraska, obviously, they just lost to Colorado by five, and then, you know, they, (laughs) yeah, um, (laughs) gave up 56, 56, 54, and lost in overtime. So So looking like a Guilford. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. And, And like I said, by no means is that like, like you said, take it with a grain of salt. It's not very comparable because they are playing different levels of competition. But the fact of the matter is, is Troy is is seems to always be ready for the occasion. Boise State's a whole other monster, but so was LSU. Right. And, and and they performed well on that one. So that's kind of the same with this. Boise you know, State's one of those sneaky teams that not a lot of teams match up well against them. If Nebraska played Boise State, I wouldn't be too confident in that game for Nebraska. If I'm, I mean, I think Boise State's a very good program this year. Well, and you look at, you know, when people say, well, who's Nebraska going to fill that October 27th if that's when they play? Oh, well, let's have them play UCF. Well, one, they're not going to do that because of, you know, Frost and company just left there. But they're not going to do it. For the second reason, which is UCF does not like matches up well, really well with this team because yeah, I mean it is the exact same basically system, right? Um, but Milton is so polished as a quarterback. I don't think you'd want him uh, picking on your defense or for gi- four give quarters. Give it a chance, yeah. Yeah. So even if they could win that game, which I I think they could beat Boise State, and I think they could beat UCF, but. It's the fact that these teams are capable of having the same amount of talent because of their history. And if kids don't want to go play at Florida, they go play at UCF. If they don't want to play at Washington State, they go play at Boise State. I mean, both of these teams always have, and other, you know, and teams like Troy, too. If you're not going to LSU, you're going to. If you're not going to LSU, if you're not going to Alabama, if you're not going to Auburn, Troy's right there. And. They've been a pretty good football team. With a very successful coach. Exactly. So I I think they I think they come ready for the occasion. I don't I don't think they're gonna show up and They're not gonna house Nebraska. Yeah, oh yeah. If they win it's gonna be like they beat LSU. It'll well, be by field goal or close, but I Again, I'm trying to put myself in the position of what would it look like if Troy won. Well, I I think Troy comes into the situation schematically similar to Colorado, matching up just like Colorado did against Nebraska, but kind of coming into the Memorial Stadium and everything, kind of like Northern Illinois last year, where no one's really giving them much credit. Everyone thinks uh, it's a small program. Nebraska's just going to run all over them. Hopes are still high. People were still very happy with Nebraska despite the loss. Understandably, I mean, Nebraska did look good. Um... But Troy's no team to just uh, think you can just roll over. They got a very good coach, motivated team with a proven track record. Uh, and this, outside of Boise State, this is the biggest game of the year for them. Uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, they got Appalachian State at the end of the year that could decide their their conference. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, Nebraska's a bigger program uh, on the road. This is a statement win opportunity for this team. So they're going to become or be ready and be fired up. Uh, and so I see parallels to that Northern Illinois team from last year. No, I like that comparison because you look at how Nebraska fared against Arkansas State, who's very comparable also to Northern Illinois and Troy, and you look at how that one really came down to the wire, you know, whether it was defensively or offensively, however it really shook out. But, like, through that season, you get you get a close win against Arkansas State and then, a like, what should have probably been a blowout against Oregon. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to Northern Illinois... You think it's going to be an easy win. It's not. It's, right. It, you think it should be an easy win, and all Northern Illinois has to do is look at the tape and go, 
well, here's what they're either doing on pass plays and pass reads, or here's what we need to do offensively. And, I mean, two pick sixes <laughs> obviously helped a lot in that win. Overall. But I, it was one of those, and I, I can you know scream it from the top of this roof, but it's the mentality has changed. That team last week that was down 14 nothing still fought back and could have very well won that game and, and had many opportunities to do so. And you look at when they played Northern Illinois, they had just come off of a game that they fought tooth and nail to try to beat Oregon. And then they get handed a loss at home to Northern Illinois because they made a couple mistakes and they, they hung their heads and it just didn't go their way. So I, I think that's a, a, that is a good comparison because it's, it's a very similar scenario to where, where they're getting this team in the schedule. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm now I've been, looking at Troy a lot this week, so maybe I'm getting too invested in them. I was worried about that for Colorado. Um, it might be happening again with Troy. Um, but this isn't, like I said, this isn't a team to sleep on. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think Troy will cover the spread easily. A yeah. ten and a half. I think I think it'll be close. Yeah, ten and a half. I mean, like I said, if, if they win, it's a small margin. I think, like we said, the conversation right now is who who will be under center or – Behind the center, I and guess. So for Frost the, for said Nebraska. he could choose two minutes before game time, right? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, no no one is really – no one's banking on anything. I guess I guess people are banking on Bunch will probably play, whether it's starting yeah. or just significant time because they don't know if Martinez will be full strength. But that's the only assumption you can make is that, yeah, he'll probably play. Like you can't, you still you like, just don't know. You don't know. Do you have a gut feeling even, which way it goes? Who gets to start? My thing is, you don't want Martinez to sit out this. You want him to sit out and get healthy if it's really that bad because they go to Michigan next week. But you don't want him to go into Michigan next week without having an extra game yeah. under his belt. No, you're right. Because goes both if ways, you yeah. thought playing Colorado was Tough. You know, tough, a tough environment and a tough team to play. You will not be ready to play in the big house on the road against the Wolverines. Yeah, no, I so agree. So my gut feeling is that if he is good enough, if he is healthy enough to play at least like two series and then sit out for a few and then play two series, I know they don't want to do this whole dual quarterback thing, but if they've been getting bunch ready for the whole week, he'll know the offense and be ready. It's different than getting pulled with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, hey, good luck. Like, Yeah, I agree. So it, the situation would be different. But my gut feeling is that no matter how it goes, Bunch will get significant playing time. I almost lean the way. I think Bunch is going to play every snap. You think so? I, I've, I mean, I have nothing to go off of. Obviously, <laughs> none of us do. No one does. I've, Other than, ah, he'll, he'll probably play. I have a gut feeling that, Bunch is going to start and get all the snaps because I don't – Scott Frost doesn't strike me as the guy uh, that wouldn't say who starting quarterback is if he knew, if a guy was healthy enough to play. He, he seems transparent with relaying information. He seems like he wants to be honest. I, I feel like if he knew a, a Martinez was able to play, he would tell everyone, especially with all the hype around Martinez right now. People would want to know him and – build narratives around that see and i think that too but at the same time Does i mean want to hide in effect how troy's game plan works right and i think that's a that's the plan on for monday is oh you know he's banged up we aren't sure we'll wait but if he was going to announce it it would have been today 
Yeah. It w- he would have just flat out said, no, he's going to play. Now, I say Bunch is going to get all the snaps, and now Martinez is going to come in and play tomorrow. Right. Day. Like, that's the, see, that's the thing is we, we, <laughs> we just don't know enough to, to really um, solidify the, the choice. But, like I said, I, does Bunch get all the snaps? I have a hard time believing that. But my only thing it is it depends on how the game's going too. Because if they're getting blown out, either way, I guess. Yeah, either, either way, side. if it's a blowout, I don't feel like they're going to throw Martinez in just because it's not worth it at that point. Because you're either going to lose either, the game yeah. or you're going to win the game by a mile. And if it's a close game, I don't think they're going to throw in Martinez cold. Right, and that's why I think maybe he'd go in for if he's healthy enough to play, he'd go in for a few series yeah. and just like kind of see how that it's going. Be. But you know, if it Turns into a route pretty fast, which I don't expect it to, but we don't know because we've only got two games of Troy to go off of, too. I I also think about this as Scott Frost has a competitive mentality, wants to win, but he's a smart guy, and I think he, the rest of the staff, and the fans know this is a process. And it's going to take a year or two until Nebraska can compete with other teams. And long-term... Another injury could really hurt Martinez moving forward, obviously. When he played basketball in high school, hurt his shoulder, came back in later in that game, hurt it worse, which caused him to miss that whole final season of his. I think with that history and Scott Frost recognizing that this is a long-term project, they might just rest him up this game and get him healthy for Michigan, get him healthy for the rest of the year and years after that. Right, and the other thing, too, is you've got – You've got reps being taken by Bunch. You've got Masker taking reps. They, Boy, if Bunch goes down, <sighs> I mean, I'm sure knock they have, on wood. I don't know if they've if they've solidified who they want as their emergency quarterback. You've got Cam Taylor as an option. You've got Lamar Ethan Cox as an option. Lamar Jackson's an option. Um, who knows? One of us might be an option. Yeah, you know, you played a little depends bit on when tryouts are. Yeah. Right? I got a little bit of option under my belt. I could, I could. I could sling it about six <laughs> yards probably uh, with my shoulders. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think, like I said, are they, are they going to go out and just house Troy? Not probably, I don't think probably so. Probably not. Um, no, I don't, I mean. But no. if they are, yeah, I don't think Martinez goes, it's not smart to put him in. And you say that Frost is transparent. Well, I mean, even look at what he said about, well, we don't want to play in December because we think we'll have a chance to play in the conference championship game. I mean, if they want to have a legitimate chance, they should probably have a healthy quarterback that can yeah. run this offense. And if Bunch can, if Bunch goes out on in Troy and he starts and it, it's working, then you know you have two guys that can do it. But yeah, I, like I said, if he's healthy enough to go, you give him a few series just to like make sure he can still go at a pretty good, pretty close to game speed. Yeah, that way he doesn't get thrown into Michigan. The way complete blind fire. I I just see it as. This is a long-term project with a quarterback yes. with injury problems in the past. How incompetent would this coaching staff look is if they rushed Martinez back and he got hurt again against Troy? Mm-hmm. One of the most, no offense to Troy, but less meaningful games on the schedule this year. Yeah, the only one less meaningful is probably Illinois. Right. <laughs> and now that the Akron game is gone, for sure. Like, yeah. And so if you lost Martinez long-term because you rushed him back for a game against Troy... You'd look, you'd be caught with your pants down, basically, yeah. as a coaching staff. So 
that's why I think Bunch is going to be getting all the snaps. I think that's the smart way to go about it. Yeah. I know it's not ideal. It's frustrating. You want the guy back. You don't want to rush an injury-prone guy back, though. And see, that's the thing. You know, and if it's his, if it would have been like re-injuring his shoulder or like spraining it, I think it'd be treated a little differently. I don't know if he's ever had knee problems. I, probably yeah. not, but who who knows? You know, I again, we probably find it, but um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the, it 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 would be dumb to go throw him out there and and watch him get hurt again. But at the same time. And like you said, I, I think people realize it's a it's a process. It's it's going to take time. Um, we knew that with this kind of offense, it was going to be pretty easy to see a quarterback get hurt or strained or sprained, whatever. Um, Especially for a quarterback yeah. that has injury problems in the past and invites contact. Exactly, it's going to happen. Um, you were hoping it wasn't going to happen in the first game of the season, I suppose. Uh, you also thought the first game of the season was going to be Akron, you know, all the other factors that go into it. But the um, the thing, too, is that, like I said, if Bunch can run it and if they think they can get through it without him, there's no sense in seeing how how bad it is. Now, at some point, I mean, you can't just – can't have him right. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. hold the reins so tight that it's like uh, we don't know if he's ready yet because then he'll be worried that if he goes out no. there he's going to get hurt. And this, like we've talked about, this kid's eighteen, nineteen, and he's more mature than probably a lot of people we know that are, that are our age or older. And I, I think he, he'll he'll know when he's ready. He'll know if he thinks he can go at game speed. Now, is it his decision to make? No, I'm sure they'd put him through a couple of different tests to make sure, but. You would hope, as this coaching <laughs> staff is not just, hey, I think I'm good. Yeah, all right, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I don't. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, sounds good to us. We just might not have a quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, but I, this offense, despite what we saw on Saturday, is very pass heavy. It actually is more pass than run. Uh, just like I said, despite what we saw, um, and, and Bunch is more of a thrower, anyways. So that does fit his his skill set. Mm-hmm. So that. That is working in their favor. And like I said, if if they can go without Martinez, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, other than that, though, you look at who's healthy, which is pretty much everybody else, right? You, uh, it's early enough in the season where everyone's still there pretty much. Right. Not not too big of a worry. But, you know, great performance by the backfield last week. I'm probably going to see the same three guys get yeah. rotated in and out. Uh, receiving I, core probably isn't going to change very much either. I doubt we'll see a Greg Bell fumble. I bet he's going to be holding yeah, on to the rock. Yeah, I'm sure he's had a, a football duct tape to his <laughs> arm the past week. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we will either. It's, it's just one of those that it's something you just got to iron out. And against Troy, if it still happens, but you're ahead or you win, you know, it, it is only the second game of the season. They, but with how much preparation and practice they've had. You'd think you'd have it figured out by yeah. now. Uh, defense has to create the exact same pressure they did last week. This is, like you said, it's a tempo team. They're going to pass a lot. I mean, if if they establish their tempo, if Troy if Troy establishes their tempo and is able to run a balanced offense, I expect that I could see that front seven for Nebraska get really worn down and really tired. And, yeah, and and that's the hope that you have when if you're Nebraska running your offense. On the flip side, right. is that you want to create such a pace and such a tempo that the other team's huffing and puffing and you're already lined up 
ready to hand the ball off or throw it. And if you're Nebraska, if you apply that same pressure and you're able to throw Troy off their game plan, make them a little bit more pass-heavy than normal, uh, I think that'll play to their advantage. I think a lot of Nebraska's game obviously relies on the quarterback play, um, but defensively it's almost identical to what we or what we saw against Colorado is going to be the same points of em- emphasis. Uh, I know you wrote them in your story, but if if Troy wins, what's the one thing they need to do? Score more points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've piped it this whole show. I think it's focus on the same exact things Colorado did. Exploit yeah. Nebraska's secondary. Keep that tempo coming. And then defensively force inexperienced quarterbacks into making mistakes. And then if you look at Nebraska, what what's the takeaway from Colorado they need to apply this week if, if they want to come out with a win? Well, I think you brought up a good point. Uh, maintain that pressure. Throw Troy off their offensive game plan. They're still going to run tempo no matter what. But if you're able to make them more pass-heavy, it's going to slow the game down naturally. Um, and Troy's going to be a little bit more uncomfortable about uh, how they go about things. So, uh, And finding a way through that defense. Uh, it's a little bit odd because Troy gave up so many points against Boise State, then didn't give up practically anything against Florida A&M. So I get that it's two ends of the spectrum, and Nebraska's somewhere in the middle of those two teams. Um, so I don't really know exactly what to expect from that Troy defense. But... Um, just execute on offense, no s- sloppy turnovers. Probably more than one key, but he hit, <laughs> hit them all. Execution, I think, for yeah. both of them. Consistency and execution for both of those teams. Um, and you can say that about any football team. It's executing what what you're told. It's not so much that anything really went wrong. It's that it just wasn't executed correctly or it wasn't consistent enough. So I guess we'll just see kind of how it plays out. I, a lot of it's going to rely on who's under who's center. playing quarterback, yeah. But – I, when we do the our defense won't be different. So. When we do our pick em, are we doing one with Bunch and then one with Martinez, or are we just doing one straight up? Oh, <laughs> uh, we could. Uh, we'll do it straight up. Okay, I we'll like just that. do it straight up. I so like let that. me change. Now that we let's let's get our play my play our theme music here. Um, now that good point that move our pick em. If you want, I mean, we can pick it no, up. If you I want like to it straight play. up. I okay, like it. because got to commit. The rest of the team. That's the thing is. Only one guy is probably going to be different, right? Now, it is the most important position, but it's still only one guy. Like, it's it's still, a captain of the whole field. but it's a, it's a team sport at the end of the day. All right. Hopefully it, you can so, hear us over it's it. It's that time. It's go time where it's about, what, about 32, 33 minutes into this right thing. So right on, right on par. Well, we're going to start at Happy Valley, Kent State, taking it in number 11, Penn, Penn State. Sorry. Uh, 35-point favorite of the Nittany Lions. Big win last week against Pitt. Uh, who do you got, Kent State, Penn State? We talked about the Golden Flashes earlier in the year, didn't we, at some point? Uh, yeah, I think they, they lost to someone last else. year, and yeah. then we were like, nope, they had a terrible lot yeah. last season. I think they won two or three games. Um, Penn State by a mile. I mean, another good week from McSorley. They destroyed Pitt. I expect the same thing. I'll go 55-7. Yeah, I like, uh, <laughs> I like everything you said about it. I mean... What, what's Kent State going to do to stop Penn State? <laughs> exactly. We don't know. Uh, Pittsburgh held them pretty close, and then all of a sudden Penn State played football. So, yeah, give uh, – I want to say 60. I don't think yes. – I think they'll let off the gas. Go but that high. Give me 62, 62 to 10. I like it. All right. This is Ru- game of the week right game here. Game of the week for sure. Rutgers at Kansas. I wish we could go $5 tickets. Kansas – at least as they were sitting, they were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. 
Jayhawks just came off their first road win in 46 games. A road win in, what, since 2007 when they won an Orange Bowl. Right. What happens in Lawrence? I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a tough game. I think Rutgers has the better talent. I think they're better athletically, but Kansas obviously sky high coming off that victory. I still think I want to lean Rutgers. (laughs) I want to lean Rutgers, but... That Rutgers team hasn't given me any reason why to pick him. Arter Sitkowski, their quarterback, I have no faith in the guy. I'm going to roll with the Jayhawks. I I would. I didn't know if you were going to go Kansas or Rutgers here. I'm going with Kansas. They're coming, off a, they're coming off a big road win. Um, I say big as if it was that big of a deal. Central Michigan. Central Michigan, Chippewas. the Chippewas, right? Uh, Rutgers just got stomped against Ohio State. I think they're going to hang their heads. They're going to walk into Lawrence just sad. Give me 24-10. 24-21. I got Kansas. Game-winning field goal. Fans storm the field. Two wins in a row for the Ter- Yeah, they're going to start 2-1. and one. Hey, They'll get that third one against Texas at the end of the year. <laughs> Ball State at Indiana. Indiana, 14.5-point favorite. Big win. Four-point win over Virginia. Any win over a Power 5 team is, is a good win. ACC opponent. Uh, Ball State, Indiana. Who do you like in this one? Obviously, Indiana. Um, I think... Indiana is obviously the stronger team. Ball State about a decade ago, we heard about Colorado's kicker being 31 years old. Ball State uh, in 2007 or 8, I believe it was, had a guy that was 41 or 43, <laughs> um, came in and blocked a punt one time. Uh, but that was a decade ago. Ball State's nothing. Now, I think Indiana is going to roll through this one. I'm going to go 35-17, Hoosiers. Yeah, Hoosiers' close win against Virginia last week. Um, like I said, ACC is not not an easy team. Uh, any team in the ACC is not not easy to beat regularly. I guess North Carolina lost East Carolina, but uh, give me the Hoosiers. Thirty-four twenty-one. We're picking the same so far. So far, Temple at Maryland. Love Maryland this year. They they have they're catching fire. They they're a sixteen-point favorite with Temple coming coming to uh, College Park. Uh, I, I know who I've gotten this one, but Temple, Maryland. What time is like? this game? 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. Listen, you know why they're called the Temple Owls? Why is that? They were one of the first. They might be the first university to offer night classes. So all their kids would take night classes. They were deemed, nicknamed the Night Owls. They tagged it on, uh, are the Temple Owls. This game's played at 11 a.m. in the day. I got to go Maryland for that reason, right? <laughs> I'm going to go Maryland. 38. Temple will put up some points. 38-20. Yeah, I think... Not because Temple or Night Owls are they going to lose this game. I think they're going to lose because Maryland's pretty good. Uh, good win against uh, Texas. Huge win on the road after after it looked kind of eh against Bowling Green. Yeah, big win for Maryland. Give me give me 41-28. Uh, I like that. Temple still covers in both ours. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not doing the math in my head, but uh, Troy at Nebraska. We just obviously talked at length. Ten and a half point favorite is Nebraska. Quarterback's questionable. Who do you like? I'm going off the basis that Bunch is playing. Um, I'm also going off the basis that I don't have much faith in Bunch. (laughs) Uh, I like this Troy team. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. They match up well against Nebraska. I'm going to go 28-27. Nebraska squeaks this one out. Yeah, I I like that pick. I'm going a little more points. 34-31 Nebraska will win. Um, Somewhere along the line, special teams will become a bigger deal than, than we'd like to talk about. Um, I'm going off the assumption Bunch will play, but I think it'll be a lot of run. They had 329 yards last week. I 
I have a hard time believing Troy will be able to stop that. BYU at Wisconsin. What is the Wisconsin special? <laughs> Serviceable quarterbacks and not covering the spread. 21.5 point favorite is Wisconsin. Um, whatever the score is, I'm picking BYU to win by 17, but who do you like in this game? Yeah, I'll take Wisconsin. Uh, they won't cover the spread, like you said. I think we're both in a group, or BYU won't, or BYU will, excuse me. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to win this one. They're going to look dominant on defense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to be a great running back. Um, I don't know. Wisconsin, 35. Oh, it's a 21-point game. All right. Wisconsin, 24-10. 24-10. Okay. Uh, you know, we talked about last week. I think we're just really good at jinxing players. We said that Bryce Love would deal with injuries and overcarries, and now he's injured, injured because of probably carrying it too much. Jonathan Taylor gets a lot of carries, but he stays healthy, um, probably because he's got a better offensive line, to be honest. 253 yards last week and three scores. They're going to give him the ball 40 times. He'll probably touch almost 300. Uh, but I think that BYU keeps it close in the long run. Give me 48-31. I like that. Giving up some more points for that Wisconsin defense. A little more, but I think BYU with, with Magnum, they're going to have to – or Magnum, they'll have to uh, catch up there at the end. So like they'll, they'll get some garbage points. SMU has looked okay in a couple of weeks, but they haven't won like, anything yeah, yet. Yeah, they played TCU tough for a little bit. Yeah, and then it kind of went south from there. But they go to the big house, 36-point favorites are the Wolverines. Uh, I think this is an easy one, but... Yeah, Wolverines haven't blown me away when they played someone good, but when they played someone not so good in Western Michigan, they killed them. So I'm going to take Wolverines again. Don't love this team, but they're playing an outmatched opponent, 49-10 Wolverines. Yeah, and I think they were about the same amount of favorites over Western Michigan last week. Shea Patterson looked better. It wasn't impressive, but he didn't really need to be. Uh, Karan Higdon... He looked a lot better. Chris Evans in their backfield. They, they're starting to get better and more stacked. 36 points is a lot. SMU will score 14 in the first, no more after that. Give me 56-14 Wolverines. Uh, Miami of Ohio, not Miami of Florida, goes to Minnesota. 13.5-point favorite is Fleck and company. I'm starting Still to not. Oh, I'm not rowing the boat yet. I'm starting to. My arms are getting, you know, those they arm circles you the that you had to do. Yeah. I'm getting ready. I'm making my own oars. Uh, I'm starting to believe in this Minnesota team. Luckily, they're up against Miami, Ohio. They're going to start 3-0 for the third straight year. I got the Gophers in this one. I'm going to go 31-17. P.J. Flex come out with the victory. We haven't picked differently. Minnesota, I know we both picked Fresno State last week. I, mm, defense looked good last week. Defense did look a lot better last week. 13.5 point favorites. I'm going to take Miami of Ohio on this. It's going to be close. It's going to come down kickers to game. the end. Yeah, it's a, not saying this is a kicker's game, but 27-24, Miami of Ohio barely ekes one out. I think Minnesota, <laughs> I say Minnesota is going to keep it close, but <laughs> give me Miami of Ohio. I have no idea if they're even good this year, but in order to switch it up a little bit, I think Miami of Ohio will, will play them tough and come out with a win. Oof. All right, Steven, here's your game of the week. Yeah. Uh, South Florida, Illinois. Illinois has given 10 points to South Florida. They they are the favorite as they go into Soldier Field. Um, as we know, the southern part of the state dealing with hurricanes. But a gust of wind from Terrence Horn, the returner for USF. Two kickoff returns for touchdowns, 98-97. He's a, he was a state champion in high school for the 100-meter dash. He's going to open the game. 
probably the kickoff return for a touchdown. No, Lovey Smith, Soldier Field, back at home for him, former Chicago Bear coach. He had Devin Hester in his great years. He knows not to kick to these fast <laughs> guys. He's not going to give him a chance. Illinois, statement win. Charlie Strong going to be searching for answers after this week. Lovey Smith goes into Soldier Field where he's most comfortable. Illinois is going to put some points on the board. They may not have A.J. Bush this week. I don't know. I don't care. I'm taking Lovey Smith 38 31. It'll be a close one, but Illinois, they're going to be 3 and 0, undefeated dream. Still going. Yeah, South Florida I think is I think they're undefeated too. Even if they're not, they're going to be undefeated after this game, right? Uh 48-17. They're they're going to blow the doors off the Illini. All I'm saying is a lot of their points came from the kick return. They're not going to give them an opportunity this time. I want to see more from that USF offense. BJ Daniels isn't the QB anymore. Missouri at Purdue. Purdue is on the verge. I mean, they, they are given Missouri's given them six points. Missouri is a six-point favorite traveling to Purdue. Purdue is on the verge of being out of bowl contention. They are already 0-2 to start the season. And two of those, those are two games that we kind of expected them to win or at least one of those two. This Missouri team is a lot better than Missouri teams of late. Purdue needs a win here. I'm not saying Brahms on the hot seat by any means, but if they want to make a bowl game, they need this one. And I don't think they're going to get this one. I, I really don't. Drew Locke from Missouri is a good quarterback. They are a much better team than they've been in the past. I'm starting to give up on Purdue, and I hate to do it because I really like this coach. We are both step. really high on Purdue. I really like a lot of their players. I just think they're outmatched against Missouri. They're going to be hungover from two losses, tough losses. I don't see a way that they can bounce back. Missouri probably going to run away with this one, I think. 31-10, and the mental mistakes continue for the Boilermakers. Yeah, I like what you had to say there. Drew Locke, pretty good quarterback. Missouri, their defense kind of getting back to what they used to be when they are in the Big 12 in the first two years they joined the SEC. It is an SEC program after all. They are playing tougher teams along the season. They open the season 2-0. They're off to a good start. They could easily start 3-0. I know they made a big streak and got hot at the end of the year, I think, to make a bowl game. Look for this Missouri team to, to potentially – cause some trouble and, and create some havoc uh, in the SEC this year. Give me Missouri 41-17. Northern Iowa, Iowa. Iowa just doesn't like to play anybody in the non-conference, so they're 21 and a half, 21 point favorites. Excuse me. I had to like go on to four <laughs> different sites to even find a line for this. I'm sure no one's really betting for it. Northern Iowa at Iowa. Uh, Iowa's defense has been great. The offense has been MIA, and I think that trend will continue. I expect a low-scoring game from Iowa. They're going to win. I'm not going to say Northern Iowa's going to upset them. I don't have enough faith in that. Um, 10 to 3, give me Hawkeyes. It's going to be, I mean, a boring game to watch, but they're going to squeak out a win. You know, Scott Frost isn't on the sidelines for Northern Iowa anymore. Um, I don't even know if they were good when he was. Um, <laughs> Iowa has not looked impressive at all. I know they put 33 against Northern Illinois, but they also only had three in the first half. Um, I like the low-scoring affair. A 10 to three, I think, is a is a little too low, but 17 to six, Iowa wins. Yeah. Akron at Northwestern. We finally get to see Akron play a Big Ten team. Um, this time it's at Northwestern. 21-point favorites are the Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald and, and company. They're one and one coming off a, a, a loss to Duke. Uh, who do you like in this one? Fitzgerald's going to have uh, some motivation after that Duke loss. Two straight times he's lost to Duke. Um, I don't think he's a guy that takes losing well. And so I think he's worked these players a lot. Akron, an uh, underwhelming opponent compared to Duke and Purdue, who they played week one. 
I'm going to take Northwestern, blow them out, come back victory off, bounce back victory, excuse me. I'm going to go uh, 38-7, to and we start to see signs of the quarterbacks improving for Northwestern. Yeah, I'm trying to find Northwestern here. 6.30 kick. Uh, you're right. I don't think Pat Fitzgerald – Pat's – Pat, man, I cannot say his name for some reason. <laughs> Fitzgerald, there we go. Fitz doesn't take losing very well. Um, and I believe last year they, they lost to Duke. I mean, they got housed by Duke last year. And then I think they rattled off to 10 wins, didn't they, by the end of the year? Um, now, I'm not saying they're going to take that and necessarily run with an Akron win and, and go, but they get Akron, then they get a bye week. I, I think they win – 21 points might be a lot, but give me Northwestern 38-27. So now, matchup of the week for Big Ten. Number four, Ohio State. Number 15, TCU. Neutral site. Ohio State's given 12.5 to TCU. They are the favorites in this one. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people assume. Yeah, I mean, you see Big 12 team, you think it's going to be an air raid, and you think they're not going to play defense. Gary Patterson, one of the few coaches in the Big 12, uh, that actually knows how to play defense. I think it's going to be, like you said, closer than people think. Ohio State still without Urban Meyer. I think they're going to be able to overcome that 28-24, but I think it's going to come down to the last couple minutes. I think, T- I think TCU steals one here. I, like um, I believe they're playing in Jerry World, so that's in Fort Worth, Dallas, wherever the area you want to call it is. Almost a home game for TCU. Not that... Ohio State fans don't travel well, especially these neutral site games. It is a big game, but TCU does pretty well on a big stage. I think that Gary Patterson will have them ready to go. You know, this isn't the TCU team that we saw in the past few years that was just absolutely dominant. I think it is close. It is a big spread. Give me TCU 31-27. I like that. LSU at Auburn. Your boy Ed Orgeron going in to Auburn. Ten and a half point favorites are the Tigers. Who do you like? Well, <laughs> the Auburn Tigers. Excuse me. I forgot. They're both Tigers. I mean, you guys heard the intro, right? Uh, Ed Orgeron has gumbo running through his veins. I can't pick against him until he does me wrong. This year, he hasn't done me wrong. This Auburn team's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I picked Washington over this Auburn team and was dead wrong week one. I'm still going LSU. They looked good last week. They looked good week one against Miami. I'm going to go... 21-17 LSU in a defensive uh, battle. Lots of turnovers in this one. I like it. I'm going LSU too. LSU, you know, they they put a pretty good beat down on Miami, and and they've got themselves aligned pretty well so far. Um, Auburn, obviously, a little bit better than who the, who they've played, I think, so far. But Ed Orgeron, Joe Burrows is playing as well as they need a quarterback to play at LSU. Their defense is as good as ever. Their offensive line looks really good. I think it's close. I think I think that's a pretty close score. Uh, give me 24-21 LSU. I, I think it'll come down to a, not maybe Kickers a game-winning game. kick, but, <laughs> I mean, these two defenses will, will duel it out like an SEC like, matchup. If you like defensive battles, this is the one to watch. If you like offensive battles, this is the one you're going to watch. Number 17, Boise State at number 24, Oklahoma State. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the, are the Pokes. Uh, could change by the time we get to kickoff, but this one's – going to be close. I know we gave a lot of praise to Boise State earlier in the show. Yeah, I mean, two and a half points, that's about what you give a home team. Uh, I like Gundy. I love the mullet. Um, I'm a huge supporter of that. It's hard to pick against Gundy, but while I was doing research on this Troy team, I went in one of those internet wormholes and started looking at <laughs> Boise State probably a little too long, and this team in two games, now the teams they played aren't Oklahoma State, uh, but they put up 118 points on the board. 
Oklahoma State's not known for their defense. I'm going to go Boise in this one. I think people are still sleeping on this team. I think it's gonna be, this is going to be a, a points fest. 63-59, Boise State. Yeah, no, this Boise State-Oklahoma State matchup reminds me a lot of when Texas Tech went down to Tempe and played Arizona State. I believe the final score was like 68 to like 59 or 58. It was just crazy. It was awesome, but it was terrible at the same time. I like the pick. I like Boise. I think I'm going to roll with the Broncos on this one. You're right. It's going to be high scoring. Will it be that high? I'm not sure. One of them scoring 60, though. So give me Boise State. 65-55. It's going to be a fun one. That might be the one I tune into. And just as a doesn't count, Hawaii is playing Army. To, and Army is a big favorite against against Hawaii, but we've seen some good things out of the Rainbow Warriors so far. Listen, I love the Academy's football programs. Uh, my stepfather, he was in the Navy. I've been a big Navy supporter my whole life. Um, and if you're supporting Navy, you don't really like Army too much. <laughs> Army's gotten the better of Navy the past couple of years, but they're – Got a new quarterback at the helm. They lost 34-14. The Duke came back, beat up on Liberty. Hawaii? I don't trust. I mean, I, I don't trust Army against Hawaii necessarily. Hawaii is better than people think. But Hawaii doesn't plan for the triple option much. Teaching your tr- scout team the mm-hmm. triple option, having to prepare for that, is a different breed whenever you don't see it. I'm going to take Army in this one. Well-disciplined team. 24-17. Uh, Black Knights come away with it. And we ran out of music because I threw in that last uh, compensation pick. But, yeah, Hawaii is just going to go air raid on Army. Um, but it's going to be close. Okay. I think it's going to be 48-38 Hawaii. Ooh, I It'll like be that. High scoring, but 10-point game. So there you go. Um, that one will not factor into the records unless I decide that it does. Um, <laughs> so if Hawaii wins, yep. Yeah, if Hawaii wins and Miami of Ohio loses, then we're going <laughs> to – Chalk that one up on the board. I got to get an extra one. I do have I do have one win to give at the moment. Yeah. So that's kind of where I went with that pick. But um, we we differed enough. I think it's a long season. Yeah, we've yeah plenty of time to go. Um, Steve, we've got about six minutes. I one of the things I kind of want to hit on. We didn't get to it at the beginning of uh, the show. Colorado State's traveling to Florida. I know we've uh, we've done our fair share of using. Colorado State is a punching bag the past couple of weeks. Um, but they go into Florida, and part of the buyout of John, uh, John Jim McElwain, uh, when he went to Florida, you know, you look at the success he had with the Rams and the failure that it was with the Gators. They are paying $2 million for Colorado State to go down into the swamp. So even if Colorado State loses, they won. Yeah, I mean, $2 million. Isn't that the biggest? Yeah, that biggest team? payout. Yeah, and that is incredible. And – we gave crap on this Colorado State team early. <laughs> Hawaii put up some points on them. Colorado put up some points on them. But they beat Arkansas last week 34-27. I wouldn't mind this game being in our pick because I think Florida's – we saw Florida last week. They're not as good as people think. No, and I, I mean, you can say it almost, <laughs> almost every, every year, year, I feel like, at, at least Them the past Texas, few years. Um, yeah, the year – and I, I, you can liken this to Iowa too. The year you think they're going to be really bad – they're pretty all right, yeah. or they're really good. And I think, you know, oh, they're returning eight guys on offense. It looks like they're going to be poised to make a run at the championship. And then they go five and seven. So it's like it's one of those toss-ups. Um, yeah, two million payout. Two million. 
Where do I sign up for that? That's a win right there. I'll go to Florida and get pounded <laughs> on for a couple hours for two mil. Or win, you know. Yeah. What's even worse is, and you know, we talked about Northern Illinois early in the show. Northern Illinois got one point whatever last year and a win. <laughs> I mean, you're as a team that's visiting, you're already getting a win with the money. But getting a win, too, just adds insult to the injury. Does anyone know how much Troy's getting? Um... It's probably a little over a mil. It yeah. might be a little less. Sometimes they're a little less because um, if a team's actually pretty good, it's more in the 800, 900 range, which, you know, 100,000 off a million. You know, what's, you know, what's that really to a football program, right? Um, I was going to ask you, too. I know we briefly mentioned it with USF. Obviously, a lot of teams dealing with um, cancellations, postponing, changes the odds for Nebraska of getting a team to play. But – who do you think of the teams that maybe got canceled Nebraska could play? And on the flip side, too, you know, w- what do moving kick times around? Do you think that really affect? Because, you know, Georgia's moving. Um, I think Clemson uh, had to move their game. And then you're seeing a lot of cancellation. Do you think that messes with a lot of these teams? I think travel messes with them more than if it's played at the same place, moving the game time up from 7 o'clock to even 11 a.m. Mm. But if they had to travel somewhere in a different time zone, I think that's where it could become an effect. And uh, a lot of times when I'm looking at bowl games, I look to see how far teams have to travel to this bowl game. Yeah. Uh, so the games that just got moved up, I don't think it affects them that much. But, it, I mean, it could. Well, you I look could at wrong about that. You look at two, and the f- it's not hurricanes aren't funny, but the situation that they've been put in is very similar to, I don't know, about every other college football season where weather hits on – you know, about this week of college football, week three, week four, week five, right in that area where tropical storms and hurricanes are kind of moving through. And you, you look at the the craziness and the chaos that was caused when Arkansas State was hosting Miami last year, Miami of Florida. Right. And they're like, early in the week, they just said, no, nah, we're going to cancel it. And Arkansas State's like, it's it's in Arkansas. <laughs> like, why, why can't we play this game? They're like, no, nah, we're just not going to go. Right. And so that that's, like you said, the travel's a little different than than if you just move up the time. Miami was, you know, we've got to deal with the players and families, which, again, totally understand it. But if you're in the business of playing college football, I think your goal is to play college football. Right. And Arkansas State got lucky in the fact that they were making the conference championship game anyway, so they got an extra game and they already were going to be bowl eligible. But... You know, you run in. I, I don't think we'll run into any issues like that necessarily. But you know, we could see a team like Marshall or East Carolina, probably not UCF, but someone like that play Nebraska. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. I was looking at the bigger names, and just, I don't see how North they would Carolina's line it up. not going to travel. Right. Um, I don't think Virginia Tech has the same bye week, but they wouldn't travel. No way you're getting ex- West Virginia. Like, I wouldn't even expect Nebraska to want to have Appalachian State come to town. Iowa State got their 12th game at the end of the year. It's incarnate word, but they were already playing another like yeah. FCS team. So. See, I mean, you look at teams, like you said, Marshall, Colgate, Furman, some of these smaller teams, yeah, maybe, because the check would be nice. Or buy someone out. Right. Whatever it may be. But I, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd wish for a West Virginia or something that could be yeah, really you, beneficial and entertaining, but it's just not realistic. Yeah, if you could get North Carolina State to travel to Lincoln, I think William that'd be and, ideal. William but. and Mary might be one. I don't. I just there's no saying. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a game. 
That's kind of where my money's at. You think they'll get one at all? I kind of feel like they're not going to. I guess we'll see. They they want to make a decision pretty soon, and if it's going to be October 27th, we're about a month and a half out. So if they if they're going to pick one, it better be soon. Got to make it happen. Got anything else to say, Stephen? We got about 10 seconds. I'm excited to win the picks this week. <laughs> Till Monday. For Stephen Huff, I'm Colton Stone. This has been Tunnel Talk Radio on 90.3 Karen U Lincoln.